Hello, today is Friday, May 8th. Hope you're having a good week. Um, I sure definitely did. You're listening to the Jared Barnes Show, and I'm your host, Jared Barnes. Um, so last night, the NFL schedule was released, and yeah, we're going to have to talk about it because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a lot of primetime games and stuff like that, but in my breakdown, uh, that is the first thing we're going to talk about today. And then I'm going to give my division winners. The Dolphins plan to get fans back in the stadium. And I'm also going to talk about the... Well, after that, actually, take that back. After that, I'm going to give my top five offensive players that I'm intrigued to watch this season in college football. And I kind of left all the big-name guys out of it. So, like, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, none of those guys were even considered. Justin Ross, like anybody from Alabama, Clemson, or anything like that. All the big name players were kind of like left out. A couple are in there that maybe are a bigger name than you would think that I kind of put in there. But moving on from that, I just want to get into the first topic today, and that is the NFL schedule release that was last night. And the biggest thing that shocked me was that they didn't have like a stipulation where the first four weeks of the season could be flipped to January. I thought they'd put that in there. Maybe I missed it that they were talking about it because I just was the second it was released, I just started taking notes and writing all this down. But I want to start off with the primetime games from every week is what we're going to do, and then like maybe one or two one or two matchups that I'm intrigued to watch that are in that week. So we're just going to get right into it. So here's week one, uh, the opening opening game of the season. Uh, Thursday, 8-20 on NBC, the Houston Texans take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a rematch of the divisional round from last year, and I'm excited to watch it because last year in the divisional round, everybody remembers Houston going up 24-0 on the Chiefs and thinking the Chiefs were done, and then just out of nowhere, at halftime, they were winning the game. And Houston's not a better team than they were then. KC is, and I think KC's going to run away with this game. I mean, run away with this game. But that's just my opinion. It might be closer than I think, but I think Casey's going to run away with it. Uh, the second game, second primetime game, 820 on NBC on Sunday. Sunday Night Football, first Sunday Night Football game of the season. The Dallas Cowboys are at the LA Rams. Now, the reason this is a primetime game is because SoFi Stadium opening up week one, they definitely wanted to, sh- the NFL wants to show that off and force it down your throat pretty much. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, the Rams might be better than a lot of people are giving them credit for this season. The Cowboys, I mean, right now Dak isn't signed, and he might hold out, and who knows? I mean, he deserves to be paid, but that's going to be a fun game to watch. The first Monday night game of the season is an intriguing one because you see the return of a franchise quarterback who was injured all last year, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Monday night at 7.15 p.m., the Steelers visit the New York Giants. I'm excited to watch that just to see Ben's return to the NFL world, to see what he's able to do. Plus, I want to see what that new Giants offense can do with Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator now. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch then. Uh, the second Monday night game, because there's always that doubleheader, the first week is at 10.10 10 p.m. and the Tennessee Titans visit the Denver Broncos. It always feels like the Broncos have that second slot. It almost feels like they're guaranteed that second slot at this point. I feel like they've played it for the last three years. Maybe four years they've just played in that spot. 
either way, I'm not mad about it. I mean, I'm excited to watch the Broncos because I want to see how that new that new look fast offense with those all those stars, young stars, just to see what Drew Locke's able to do against that Titans defense, which could be a good defense. I mean, that's an exciting game to watch. There's another week one matchup that I'm extremely excited to watch, and I'm assuming that it's it's America's game of the week that week, and that is at 425 on Fox, the Buccaneers at the Superdome versus the New Orleans Saints. That's a big game for a week one game. Big game. I'm excited to see Tom Brady's first game as a Buccaneer. I'm excited to see what he can do in that offense. I'm excited to see how the Saints play them. I think that game's going to be an absolute shootout. And it's only good for us, the viewers. I mean, just more entertaining than ever. Moving on to week two, Thursday night game, uh, we get to see Joey Joey Burrow in his first action as a in primetime as a Bengal versus the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. That game's going to be on NFL Network at 8.20 p.m. Um not a lot really to say about that game. I think the Browns might blow them out of the water in that one. That's just my opinion on it. I, mean, I don't think the Bengals are going to be a very good team this season. I like what they're doing, building for the future. I just don't think they're going to be – I don't think they're going to get more than six wins. I think six wins is the the ceiling for them. And, yeah. And then at the Sunday night game, second Sunday night game of the year, the Patriots visit the Seahawks on NBC. That's going to be a fun one to watch because, number one, we don't know who the starting quarterback for the Patriots is going to be. Number two, it's probably going to be Jared Stidham. So uh, we'll get to see Stidham versus Wilkinson. We'll see how he, what Stidham can do against that Seahawks defense, who is they're starting to go back to their Legion of Boom ways where they're a very great defense. For the Patriots to do anything this season, they're going to have to be coached extremely well and that's they're lucky because they have McDaniels and Belichick to do that so moving on to the Monday night game in that week at 8 15 p.m. on ESPN the New Orleans Saints visit the Las Vegas Raiders I'm gonna set LA Raiders (laughs) the Las Vegas Raiders um again that game's put on prime time mainly because of the fact that Raiders open up their new stadium as their first home game it's going to be a big ordeal. Um, they're going to get probably get pounded by the Saints, though. So tough way to open up your new stadium getting pounded, but probably going to be packed out. I mean, mm, mm, not going to be packed out because of social distancing. And who knows? There might not even be fans at that game. So that would be, man, what a terrible way to open up a new stadium. What a terrible year to do that. Mm. Imagine if you don't have any fans in that new stadium. Oh, that's just going to look terrible in like a history book when you look back at this brand new overly sophisticated stadium that was like a billion dollars to build and there's no fans for the first week and but everybody would understand why but it still looked bad um another week two matchup that i'm excited to watch is the denver broncos at heinz field visiting the pittsburgh steelers just because i'm excited to see what the young gun drew Locke can do against that stingy steelers defense i mean i think the steelers defense is going to be even better than they were last year and that's saying a lot because they were one of the they were one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. And if they're better, that who knows what that Denver offense would do against them, or if they do anything. Plus, just anytime you get to see Ben Roethlisberger back in action, it's it's just something you want to watch because you don't know what he's going to do. He might come out and throw six touchdowns. He might come out and throw three picks. You just never know. He's exciting. 
Uh, week three, the matchups, uh, Thursday night football on NFL Network at 820. The Dolphins take on the Jaguars. There's literally nothing to say about that game. I'm, there's a good chance I might not even watch that one. Um, but I probably will watch it. Take that back. I will watch it probably. It's football. It's on TV. I'll definitely watch it. Uh, Sunday night game on NBC at 820. The Packers visit the Saints. That's going to be a fun one to watch just because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play scorched earth on people this year and have an MVP caliber season because of the fact that they brought in competition for him. And like they were like, hey, step it up a bit or you will get replaced. And whew, if you light a fire under Aaron Rodgers, man, he might do something really special. Or he's getting old and can't handle it and chokes. But I don't think he's going to do that. But some people do. Not me, though. Monday night game of that week at 8.15 on ESPN, the Kansas City Chiefs visit the Baltimore Ravens. It'll be a fun one to watch. I don't know if that Ravens offense is going to be as good as they were last year because I think in a year of film on that offense, you might figure out how to stop it. The problem is, have you figured out how to tackle Lamar Jackson yet? I don't know. You've had a whole year to do it, but you didn't. nobody was really able to do it last year. Is anybody going to be able to do it this year coming up? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, there's two other matchups in that week that I'm excited to watch, uh, both at 425, both on Fox. Uh, the Cowboys at the Seahawks. It's early in the season, but that's a, an important – I feel like that's going to be an important game that kind of plays into playoff rankings down the road, even though it's week three. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Broncos. Broncos are going to be a different team to watch this year because they stacked up on offense. They already have a good defense. Could they be a? I think they could end up being a wild card team to make it in the playoffs. I don't know if they're they. Who knows? They might go ten and six. They could maybe even go twelve and four. It's going to be tough with Kansas City in your division. though. you got to keep up. But now they have the offense to do so. That all depends on Drew Locked up and how he plays. But anytime you're going to get to watch Tom Brady this year, it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of people hate him. I don't. I love Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time, and there's no argument. Greatest of all time. No argument. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did need each other, but Tom was tired of his crap, so he left. And I'm excited to see what he does with Bruce Aarons, who is like the exact opposite of Bill Belichick. Like the exact opposite. He loves to have fun. And like players have said that he loves to chirp at the defense in practice, and that's just the exact opposite of probably what Bill Belichick does. There's no chirping. There's no funny business. It's all straight down to business. Nothing. So it's going to be fun to see how he is this season under a new regime. A week four Thursday night game on NFL Network. The Broncos take on the Jets. Again, not a whole lot to say about that Thursday night game. A lot of the first couple Thursday night games, pretty boring. Uh, pretty boring. Except of week one, but week two, three, and four, pretty boring games on Thursday night. Uh, Sunday night football on NBC. The Eagles visit the 49ers. going to be a game. I mean, that's too that's two perennial playoff teams right there. Two teams that will likely be in the playoffs next season right there. I mean, another great game NBC's got there. Monday Night Football on ESPN at 8-15. The Falcons take on the Packers. Packers are going to stomp them. That's all I'm going to say. Other week four matchups that I'm, wanna, I'm excited to watch. 1 p.m., the Browns visit Dallas on Fox. I wanna, I'm excited to watch it because are the Browns going to actually turn the corner this year and maybe be you know, not inept. Are they going to be decent? They have to be better than average. I mean, I hope so because with that, with those weapons on offense, 
I just feel like if you're not successful, it's literally on the quarterback and the coach and the front office. It, it's tough. Another The other game of that week that I'm excited to watch is at 425 on CBS. The Patriots take on the Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be a fun one for sure. And week five, Thursday night matchup, the Buccaneers at the Bears. Going to be a good game. Bears, good defense. Uh, can they stop the Buccaneers offense? And who's going to be quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year? Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Fold? By week five, they should have that figured out. Really, by week one, they should have it figured out. But by week five, you'll definitely have the guy that will start the rest of the season in there. So maybe they'll start with Mitchell, give him a shot. Maybe he chokes the job away, which is likely what he'll probably do. And then Nick Foles takes over, and uh, maybe Nick Foles beats Tom Brady again. I'd love to see it. Uh, Sunday Night Football on NBC, the Vikings at the Seahawks. Another good game there. Uh, Monday Night Football, 8-15 at, on ESPN. The, Ch- the L.A. Chargers go down to New Orleans and take on the Saints. Uh, this game could go either way. I think the char- the Chargers, excuse me, the Chargers have a really good shot of maybe winning that game. All depends on who their quarterback is at the time. Is it going to be Tyrod? Is it going to be Stick? Or is it going to be Justin Herbert? I think Herbert's going to sit for a lot longer than people think. And I think they may let him develop the entire season, or at least the majority of the season. So I don't think you'll you'll see Herbert in Week Five in New Orleans. Uh, there's three other matchups in that week that I'm excited to watch. The Eagles at Heinz Field taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on CBS at 1 o'clock. Uh, cross-state rivalry, something that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Wentz versus Roethlisberger. Two, the Steelers defense, I mean, they're just fantastic, like I said earlier. Uh, so the other matchup, another matchup that I'm excited for is a 1 o'clock game, the CBS on CBS. The Broncos at the Patriots. I just want to see how Drew Locke responds to probably the most the best coach defense in the entire NFL. That's what I'm going to be interested to watch in that one. And Sunday at 405, the Dolphins at the 49ers. Only reason I'm intrigued to watch that game is because Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter for the Dolphins week one, in my opinion. And normally he has like a great three or four week run. And then week five or six or seven or something like that is when he normally starts to turn the table and he'll like, in the first couple of weeks, he'll throw for a thousand yards and stuff like that. Be very good and look like a very good quarterback. And then, like the next couple of weeks after that, he plays like the journeyman quarterback that he is. Like he'll throw a bunch of interceptions. And this could be the first game we see Tua in action. Maybe I hope so because that, that'd be a real challenge for the the young kid versus a great 49ers defense. Something I would like to see. Maybe not, though, because if that offensive line doesn't hold up and Tua gets hurt, it's going to really look bad for the Dolphins. But moving on to Week 6, the Thursday night game, the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Fox. Man, that's going to be a fun one because I think this is just kind of a foreshadowing here. I think the Bills are a playoff team for sure. I think the Bills win their division, so... Maybe that's uh maybe that's who I pick to win the AFC East. I don't know, but that's gonna be a fun game because that offense that Josh Allen now has, beautiful. Uh, Sunday night game that week is the Rams at the 49ers. Good division rivalry right there. Monday night the Cardinals at the Cowboys on ESPN at 8:15. Just another good game there. I mean, Cardinals Cardinals could have a fire offense this year fire offense it could put up 30 on everybody but the problem is i don't know how that defense will hold up so that defense might give up 30 on to every team i don't know 
I don't know how that defense is. They were bad last year, is what I remember. But they have some they have some real talent on that defense. They still have Patrick Peterson. They have Chandler Jones. I just added Isaiah Simmons. I like what they're doing. Uh, they have Buda Baker at safety too, so I like what they're doing. But and another matchup I'm intrigued to watch in Week Six, uh, four twenty five on Fox. Uh, the Packers at the Bucks. The Bucks have a lot of uh, a good games versus very good teams, so it's going to be intriguing to see. I mean, that's a great schedule. That's a tough schedule they have, and how they'll be able to handle it. But the problem is, Saints play the same team, so I mean that division is going to be pretty close, neck and neck the entire season probably. So, Week Seven Thursday Night Football at eight twenty on Fox, the Giants take on the Eagles. Uh, that's two teams right there that will be fighting and battling for that division. I think it's going to be a three-horse race for the NFC East this year uh, between the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys. So that's a game that's going to play for the division very well. Uh, Sunday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, visit the Las Vegas Raiders on NBC. I don't know if that's going to be a good game or not, to be honest. The Bucs may run away with that one. Who knows? Monday Night Football, though, on ESPN, the Bears at the Rams. It seems to be a staple game that gets put on prime time for some reason. And both teams kind of bore me now because they both have average quarterbacks. So, But this is another week with three matchups that I love. Oh, not three. Four matchups that I love. Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS, the Steelers at the Ravens. Going to be a huge game for the AFC North. Big division rivalry. Something you just want to, that's something you want to tune in to watch because at Steelers defense versus Lamar Jackson, that Ravens defense hates Ben. They're going to take on Ben. I mean, that's just a game you don't want to miss right there. 405 on Fox, the Seahawks at the Cardinals. I think that's a, that's a battle for maybe a possible wild card team right there. Seahawks and Cardinals. I mean, I think either one of those teams could get second in their division for sure. Uh, Sunday at 425, Chiefs at Broncos. Big division rivalry. Two offenses that look like they could put up maybe 30 points a game. Maybe. Not really. Probably more like around like 25 points a game. Chiefs would definitely put up 30 points a game. Maybe the Broncos will put up 25. But this is the, this is what the Broncos loaded up for on offense was to just keep up with the Chiefs. I don't know if they can do that in year one, but I'm excited to watch to see if they can. Uh, Sunday, 425, 49ers at the Patriots. Just to see two big, good defenses, two well-coached defenses go at it. Something you'd love to see. Going to be a low-scoring game, though, for sure. For sure. Week 8, Thursday Night Football on Fox. 8-20. Falcons at the Panthers. Not a special game, in my opinion. Uh, two lackluster teams, but still football. Sunday Night Football on NBC at 8-20. The Cowboys at the Eagles. Important game to that division again. And uh, anytime you get to see those two teams play, just it's a very fun game to watch every single time just because they hate each other. The rivalry runs deep, and, and it'll be a fun game. Monday Night Football at 8-15, the Buccaneers at the Giants on ESPN. Buccaneers have a lot of good games. This is not really one of them. I think the Bucs will win this game. I don't know if it's going to be easily. I don't know that because I don't know what Danny Dimes is going to come out and do with Saquon in the backfield uh, with Jason Garrett running that offense. Probably choke it away in the fourth, though, if it's close because Jason Garrett's the new offensive coordinator. But it could be a close game throughout. Uh, two other games in that week that I'm excited to watch. Week 8 matchups is 1 p.m. on CBS, uh, Patriots at Bills, 
going to be a division. Whoever can take those two games, the Patriots, and the, Bill, the Patriots at the Bills and the Bills at the Patriots, whoever can take those two games wins the division outright. Uh, don't count out the Patriots, though, because they have the Belichick. So don't count them out to win that division. But I like the Bills a lot this season, a lot. But don't count the Patriots out yet. Not yet, at least. A couple weeks into the season, if they're struggling, maybe we can count them out. But And another game I'm excited to watch is uh, 425. Uh, 49ers at Seahawks on Fox. Just a big division game right there. Uh, week 9, uh, Thursday, 8-20 on Fox. Uh, Packers at 49ers. Are the 49ers going to get... No, are the 49ers going to steamroll the Packers again when everybody can see it? More than likely, yeah. They didn't do anything to fix that defense at all. They actually lost key players on that defense. So the 49ers will probably get another 200-plus yards untouched. Yeah, rushing so uh 820 on nbc the saints at the box uh huge game right there huge game huge can't stress that enough that's a game that uh, i will for sure watch i will sit on my couch and not move until that thing's over uh monday night football 815 on espn the patriots at the new york giants this is just funny because last year when the patriots played the giant uh played the Jets. What I meant to say is it's the Patriots at the New York Jets. I don't know if I said that. I think I said it wrong. I think I said the New York Giants. Last year in this game is when Bill Belichick was being an absolute troll and had everybody cracking up, so I'm excited to see if he does it again. Uh, Sunday, another game that I'm excited to watch in Week 9 is uh, 425 on CBS. Steelers in Dallas coming off of a bye week. It's going to be a fun game to watch right there. Uh... So the next game after that is, let's see, we're in week 10 now. So Thursday Night Football uh, on Fox, the Colts at the Titans. Um, AFC South is a division that's going to kind of bore me this year unless, because it just seems, I don't know, it seems like every team got a little better other than the Jags. So it could be a three-horse race in that division as well. Uh, I don't know who's even that close, like the favorite, though. The Titans have Tannehill and Henry back, but Texans kind of threw away Hopkins, and then the Colts just brought in Jonathan Taylor, brought in Phil Rivers. So I don't know. I think the Colts are going to run the ball hard, just like the Titans. So this is going to be a game that might bore you to death. But uh, Sunday, NBC, Sunday Night Football. Ravens at the Patriots, the rematch of last year's uh, when the Ravens stumped them. So maybe we'll see if Bill Belichick gets his revenge finally. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Vikings at the Bears. Uh, Vikings will win that thing easy. Uh, There's uh, another Week 10 matchup that I'm excited to see is the 49ers at the Saints because last year that game was an absolute shootout, offensive battle. What a great performance! I'm so I'm I'm hoping for a repeat. I'm hoping for a shootout 2.0 versus those two, because that game was so fun to watch. Moving on, though, week 11, the on Thursday night football, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Like I said, the last time they played in prime time, this is a game that they could be fighting for the number two spot in that division. I really like what the Cardinals have on offense. Like I said, 
So this is going to be a game that I'm I'm am excited to watch, and I'm glad that it is in prime time so that I can watch it. Uh, and then the Sunday night football game that week is the Chiefs at the Raiders, a division game. I don't know how close that might be, or if it'll be close at all. The Chiefs may blow them out in the first half. Uh, Monday night football that week is the Rams at the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, Bucks are going to be. If you hate Tom Brady, like I said earlier in this podcast, if you hate Tom Brady. Sorry for you because he's going to be playing in a lot of televised games. Probably every week, his game will be nationally televised. Almost every single week. So if you hate him, man, it's going to be a tough season for you. Tough season. And moving on into... Uh, there's an, there is one more matchup in that week that I'm excited to watch. And that's um, just a regular one, 1 o'clock game on Fox. The Eagles and the Browns. Yeah, and just for, you know... Just see, just to see if the Browns at that point, eleven weeks into the season, are the Browns going to be the Browns and be five hundred or below five hundred? Probably. I mean, what do you expect from the Browns? But moving on, though, we move on to Week Twelve, which is the week of Thanksgiving. So a lot of games to be played. Uh, regular teams to play on Thanksgiving, just like the Lions and Cowboys. So the first game, obviously, Lions play on CBS, but they play the Texans. And, yeah, I don't know about that game at all. I don't know if the Lions are going to be any good this year or not. I think so. I think the Lions will be maybe one of the better teams in their division, if you know what I'm saying. So there's always a team that goes worse for Worst in their division or first in their division. And the Lions could be that team. So I got the Lions winning that one. But then uh, Thursday at 4.30 on Thanksgiving on Fox. The Redskins at the Cowboys. Might as well take your nap and uh, wait for Sunday Night Football to roll around. Because that game's going to be a snooze fest. Blowout. More than likely. Thursday 8.20 on NBC. On Thanksgiving, I don't know why I said Thursday. It's Thanksgiving on NBC. Ravens take on the Steelers and Heinz Field on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, what a way to top off your Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I live in southwestern Pennsylvania. I grew up watching the Steelers. I grew up hating the Ravens. Anytime you get to watch those teams in prime time, Super fun. Anytime you get to watch those teams, is super fun. Anytime you get to watch those teams on a holiday, in prime time, you cannot beat that. I'm excited to watch that game because that game could decide. It's a little early, prematurely to say this. That game could decide who could possibly be be number one in the division there. So, yeah, there's that. Then Sunday Night Football that week, Bears and Packers, classic rivalry. Um, don't know, you know. Don't know how either one of those teams will be this season, so they're going to be fun to watch. And then Monday Night Football, the Seahawks at the Eagles on ESPN. It's starting to get to the point by week 12, you're starting to maybe see some of the playoff picture, and uh, that could be a game that would be pretty crucial to it right there. Another week 12 matchup that I'm excited to watch, uh, Sunday 4-25, Chiefs and Bucks, CBS. That game is definitely going to be nationally televised. Um, that's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady is something you never really want to miss. So, moving on, week 13, Thursday night football, Cowboys at Ravens on Fox, definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Sunday night football on NBC, Broncos at Chiefs. 
and then Monday Night Football, uh, Bills at 49ers. So three good three good games in primetime that week as well. And then I really didn't see any other games in that week that I really found particularly interesting. So that's kind of, other than those three games, like those three games are kind of maybe intriguing to watch. They could be or not, but uh, there's not really many other good games in that week. Unless you, I mean, everybody has a team, but even my, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, didn't even have an intriguing matchup that week. So moving on, though, week 14, uh, Thursday night football, Patriots at Rams, uh, Sunday night football, Steelers at Bills. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Potential, definitely a game that will lead to possible um, playoff deciding things. And then Ravens at Browns on Monday Night Football on ESPN. Definitely going to be something that could possibly decide, you know, placement in the division. So, in the AFC North. And then the other Week 14 matchup that I'm, you know, intrigued to watch is the Vikings at the Bucks. The Bucs, it's almost every single week the, the Bucs play a very talented team. I mean, they're going to have a tough road. Everybody in the a, in the NFC South is going to have a, a tough road. And, wow, I mean, that's just a – they got a tough schedule ahead of them, the Bucs and the Saints. Uh, week 15, though, moving on from that. Thursday night football, the Chargers at the Raiders. Sunday night football, uh, the San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys on NBC. And then Monday Night Football, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on uh, Joey Burrow and the Bengals on ESPN. Um, yeah, moving on from the primetime games, though, there's a couple games that I'm excited to watch for sure in that week. And the first one is a 1 p.m. game on CBS, and that's the Patriots at the Dolphins. Tends to be a game the Patriots, for some odd reason, cannot handle the Dolphins when they're in Miami. Uh, that Even when Tom Brady was there, now that Tom Brady's not there, can the Patriots even beat the Dolphins in Miami? I mean, that's the question we should really be asking. And then the other game is Sunday, 425, Chiefs at Saints on CBS. Fun one right there. Uh, two good offenses going at it versus each other. It's going to be fun. Uh, moving on from that, Week 16, Thursday Night Football, Vikings at Saints on Fox. Sunday Night Football on – yeah, Sunday Night Football, Titans at Packers on NBC. And then – Monday Night Football Bills at Patriots on ESPN. Division deciding game right there in Week 16 more than likely. Whoever wins that game will likely win the division. And another six, Week 16 matchups I'm excited to watch is the Eagles at Cowboys on Fox at 425. America's game of the week right there. America's team, the Cowboys. Just rolled my eyes. I must threw up in my mouth when I said that. Uh, that game right there will likely decide the, div the division unless... The Giants played very well. Then the next week, the division must, might be decided. But the Eagles at Cowboys is definitely going to be a fun game to watch at 425. And then in week 17, um, the games, I'm ex they're really, the schedule, right now on the schedule, every game is scheduled to be played on Sunday at 1 o'clock and Sunday at 4, like 4 or 5 or 425. And so the games that I'm excited to watch in that are whatever games are going to decide playoff spots, and division winners. But not only that, I'm excited to see where teams that are going to possibly be landing at like number one, two, or three, like how they play in that week. Because this is a, another stacked draft coming up with uh, really good quarterbacks coming out, and maybe they could find their franchise guy because there's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Three very, very good quarterbacks. So it's going to be intriguing in week 17 to see the teams that are 
you know, tanking, you know, supposedly tanking, but you can't really tank. In the NFL, you can tank in the NBA, but it's tougher to tank in the NFL. So whoever's supposedly tanking, where they, what they do in that week, where they end up in the draft. But moving on from breaking down the NFL schedule, really just telling you where the, what big games are going to be and stuff like that. I'm excited for the NFL season coming up. It's been so tough without live sports. I'm just so excited to, to get some here in the future. I mean, the KBO is, is entertaining, but I'm not a big baseball guy. Mainly because I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan and watched that organization be run so ineptly and terribly through my entire life that I can't. it's tough to even follow them. I'd go to a game every once in a while uh, if I felt like it. It's been a while since I've been to a game. I've only been to like one in my life there. Beautiful park. Terrible team. Terrible organization. Hate to trash baseball like that, but that's just, that's just how the Pirates are. And... It's been tough. But that's one of the reasons I'm not a baseball fan. But KBO has been entertaining. I mean, Swole Daddy is my favorite mascot of all time. All time. Uh, not It's not even close. Swole Daddy is number one. And there's not even a close number two at this point. But moving on from baseball talk and stuff like that. We were talking about the NFL schedule and stuff like that. And so after talking about that, I thought about, hmm. Maybe I'll give my predictions for division winners for AFC and NFC divisions for the 2020 NFL season. So to kick it off, I'll start with the AFC, and I'll start with the AFC North. And uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the AFC North. I think Ben's going to come out, and uh, I really think Ben's going to come out and have an MVP-type season. I like the Steelers' Steelers defense. And last year, the Steelers went 8-8. with two quarterbacks that had no business ever starting in the NFL, period. I love Mason Rudolph, and I love Duck Hodges, but they had no business starting in the NFL, period. At least not yet. Duck Hodges is lucky that he ever started in the NFL, even ever made it in the NFL. But good for that guy, because now he's probably going to be a backup quarterback for 10-plus years because he proved he can win a game. But I think with them on that offense. That's a completely different team. That's a team that can go 12 and 4, 13 and 3 with Ben because you have a quarterback that's, you know, can actually move, help the team move the ball downfield unlike the other two. So, I think that's why I think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. Now moving on to the AFC East. I got the Buffalo Bills winning that division. Uh Tom Brady's no longer there. Uh, the Bills loaded up. They, well, they didn't really load up on offense, but they had a decent receiving core last year, but they didn't have anybody really taller than 5'9", and so they went out of their way. They realized that there's not going to be a receiver in the draft that is pro-ready enough like Stephon Diggs, so they traded away their first-round pick and some other picks. I mean, they traded away a lot to get them, but it's in my opinion, if you're trying to win now, it's in, it's definitely worth it because... Why would you rather have a rookie receiver with a lot of upside, but you don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL? Maybe it takes him a while to adjust. So this season, he's not even really a factor. Why Why waste a first-round pick when you're trying to win now with a quarterback that's on a rookie deal that is super team-friendly and you can load up all other positions? It's just smart. 
you can help. You can sign bigger free agents. You can sign other guys to bigger deals, shorter deals too. Did help your team maybe get into nice playoff contention now. And while Josh Allen progresses, and before you give him his big deal, maybe you have a shot to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if the Bills actually have a shot to win a Super Bowl. I like their defense. They have a top five defense in the NFL. I like that offense now with the addition of Stephon Diggs. They had a lot of younger guys last year. So I think the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East. Now moving on to the AFC West. Do I even have to say it? I mean, come on now. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win that division. No offense to any other team. I just don't think anybody's going to be able to keep pace with them at all. So that's one of the reasons I think they're winning that. And the AFC South, uh, that's the that's the other intriguing division. I mean, all, there's three divisions in the AFC that are extremely intriguing because it could be a two- or three-horse race in all of them. And for my winner of the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're going to run the ball very well. I like their defense. Uh, they got a lot of young guys that are that have really improved through last year. Uh, they have one of the better offensive lines in football, so they're going to run the ball a lot with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I think I think the I think the Colts win. I mean, Philip Rivers with his veteran. Just bring that up, Philip Rivers' veteran leadership. I mean, come on now, they have to win the AFC South. I don't know why I was like thinking, oh, maybe they win it. They have to. They don't have a choice. They have to. But moving on from that, uh, the NFC North. My the vision winner, and that's pretty questionable. A lot of people would be laughing at me when I say this, but I think the Detroit Lions are going to win the a- NFC North. I really do. I I love Matthew Stafford. Love Matthew Stafford to death. One of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. He deserves to win. But a lot of people said he can't win if he's in Detroit. And I think he proves people wrong this year and goes and wins in Detroit this year and gets them a division title, gets them a playoff game. I don't know if they'll win the playoff game, but he gets them into the playoffs again and keeps Matt Patricia's job because I like the defense they have now. I like a lot of the players they have on defense. Trading Darius Slay for what they traded him for was questionable, for sure questionable. But they had a Jeff Okuda who – Coming in, he's got a lot of a lot of upside. So I like the Detroit Lions. Plus, I don't really feel like any team really significantly improved in that division. I don't think the Bears significantly improved. The Packers did not significantly improve. The Vikings somewhat improved, but they also got rid of one of their better playmakers on offense. They also lost their offensive coordinator. So I like the Detroit Lions in that division for sure. The NFC East, I got the New York Giants winning that. Like I said, I think it's going to be a three-horse race. And uh, even though Jason Garrett has proved to choke, you know, that was when he was head coach. Is it going to be different as he's an offensive coordinator for the Giants? I don't know, but I like Danny Dimes. I like Sterling Shepard. I like Evan Ingram. I don't know if I trust the offensive line in New York. But they have playmakers, and they have a quarterback that can run the ball. So I like that. I like the Giants. They also have a shot to add Jadavion Clowney to help that defense out a little bit that already has some other younger defensive players on that team that I, I like, like Jibril Peppers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I got the Giants winning the, uh, the NFC East. The NFC West, 
this was a tough one because I think it could be like like some of the teams in the NFC. I think it could be a three-horse race for the NFC West, but I had to go with the San Francisco 49ers because that defensive line is still stacked. That defense is still stacked. That offense didn't lose a lot of key pieces. They added some more. They have a good offensive line. They're going to run the ball out down everybody's throat. And everybody knows it. They have a couple receivers returning from injury from last season that could possibly play a role in the offense. Debo Samuel is going to be the number one. Uh, they drafted Jalen Hurd out of Baylor last year, who before he was a wide receiver at Baylor, he was a running back at Tennessee with Alvin Kamara, and they had a nasty one-two punch, and he was a great runner. And Debo took a lot of handoffs last year, and I don't think that was originally supposed to be Debo's job. I think that was supposed to be Hurd. But Debo just so happened to be that guy. And Debo was good at it. But I think Herb will play that role this year. And Debo would be just the slant god that he is. But the San Francisco 49ers are going to win the NFC West. And then the NFC South. That's going to be a tough division. Tampa Bay, New Orleans Saints. Those two going head-to-head twice. Then having that tough schedule that they both have. But I think the Saints win it. Mainly because I don't know how that offense... If it's going to get the gel the way it should due to this weird offseason, you know, I don't know if the timing is going to be all there, but I do know this. The timing is all there with Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. They got Taysom Hill being a playmaker, you know, doing what he does, whatever he does. They got Alvin Kamara in the backfield that can pretty much, you know, he could, he could go line up in the slot for you for most teams. He could probably be a three or four, number three wide receiver on most teams in the NFL, maybe th- maybe four, but. Yeah, he's good. He's going to have a better season than last year for sure. So, yeah, that's my division winners. And we're going to run it back through real quick. So, in the AFC, in the AFC North, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers. AFC East, I had the Buffalo Bills. In the AFC West, I had the Kansas City Chiefs. In the AFC South, I had the Indianapolis Colts. In the NFC, in the NFC North, I have the Detroit Lions. In the NFC East, I have the New York Giants. In the NFC West, I have the San Francisco 49ers. And in the NFC South, I have the New Orleans Saints. And that's the teams that I think are going to win the division this year, win their divisions in the NFL this season. Moving on now, I have two more things I want to talk about. And the first one thing is the Miami Dolphins' plan to get fans into their NFL games. It was intriguing. And I really want to talk about it because, honestly, I think it could work. I have a couple questions about it, but I think the plan is pretty solid. I think it can work. Um, so the first thing about their plan is they have a maximum amount of fans they want that they would allow in the stadium, and that is 15,000. I thought originally it was 1,500, and the exclusivity of it, I thought, was going to be like they were going to jack the ticket prices up through the through the roof. And then people would want to be flexing on their social medias. But now that I know it's 15,000, I'm like, okay, that's still a decent amount of fans. But that they, that stadium can hold up to like 65,000. So, you know, that's way less than it would normally hold. And the second thing in their plan is uh, half of the entrances that are normally open will be closed. And fans are going to be required to stay six feet apart in the lines. I don't know how you're going to enforce that, but I guess they have a plan in place, which is smart. I mean, closing half of the entrances is smart, but but 
then you're like, oh, look, they close half the entrances. Yeah, they have like a fourth of the fans coming. So, yeah, why not close half the entrances? But then you're like, oh, well, I mean, what if all the fans show up at once? Well, they have that covered. The fans have to pre-book an arrival time at Hard Rock Stadium to allow social distancing through entrances. Um, you know. So that was that's smart right there. That's smart. But then you're like, okay. 15,000 fans in the stadium. What if they all want to go to the concession stand? The Dolphins also have that covered in there. The Dolphins will utilize a order and pickup system to allow for no lines at concession stands where there could possibly be a buildup of a crowd. And when I read that, I'm like, why isn't this in place already? I mean, why isn't this in place already? I know they can deliver it to your seat. I don't know if you can order it on your phone and then go pick it up at the concession stand. This should be something they were doing before. And if the, if they were, you know, good way of pushing that more now, now that everybody knows about it. You know, the reason that the Dolphins are doing this is they're trying to achieve star accreditation that is given out. Um, the star accreditation puts an emphasis on cleanliness. Well, actually, let me backtrack a bit. The star accreditation is given out by the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council. And this accreditation is given out when guidelines that put an emphasis on cleanliness and protection are met. Uh, the Dolphins will likely get this accreditation, which would make them one of the first teams and stadiums in professional sports to do so. Now, looking back on this, like, I'm looking back a little bit. The Super Bowl was in Miami, right? So this, them being the first ones makes sense. Like, being the first ones to possibly get this star accreditation thing. Because part of a part of social distancing would definitely be not having anybody tailgating. And if you remember, this, some of the backlash from them hosting the Super Bowl was they did not allow tailgating at the Super Bowl. So, like, it just makes sense that they'd be the first stadium to come up and develop a plan to still let fans in NFL games because, they, like, tailgating is a big thing, and they didn't even allow it then when there really wasn't even a problem. So, yeah. Now, my big question and really my only question is exiting procedures. Now, there's a set arrival time for individuals to get to the stadium, but how will fans be exited out? Are they going to be exited out at different time slots as well? Like, I don't understand how that's going to work. It really wasn't detailed in their plan, but I'm sure they have an answer for that. I'm sure they do. I would love to hear it. I would love to find out. But, you know, until then, I'm just going to be stuck wondering how that's going to work. Because what if everybody wants out of there at the same time? They just start rushing out. How are you going to stop that? How are you going to prevent that? And I'm sure they'll, they have a plan in place to do so. I'm excited to find out about it all. I'm excited to see how other stadiums, whether they do the same plan or a different plan or no plan, but they just don't allow fans. It's going to be interesting to see because the way it seems, it seems like the NFL is just going to kick off the season at the normal time they always do, which, hey, can't really blame them for doing it. I mean, I can't be really so super mad at them for doing it. But, you know, moving on from that, though, uh, the last thing I want to cover today is my top five offensive players to watch in college football this upcoming season. Like I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I left off, you know, guys that should like this would be an easy list if you included Trevor Lawrence and players like that. But I, I didn't include big name star players like I left those guys off. These are guys that I'm intriguing, to, like going to be intriguing to watch, in my opinion. 
because they're players that could possibly end up in a Heisman like race. Like Trey, don't mean to spoil it. Trey Lance is on this list, quarterback in North Dakota State. He, I don't know, I don't think he can end up on the Heisman list, but a lot of the other guys have a chance to do so. And they're they're coming in or either replacing somebody new, or they're coming in off of like a freshman season, or they're coming in out of a transfer and things like that. So these are just guys that I'm excited about. So I have an honorable mention, and that's Jaden Daniels, quarterback of Arizona State. I didn't include him in my top five, but I love Jaden Daniels, and I can't stress that enough. I watched him in a couple games last year. He reminded me so much of like an in-between mix of Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. He's so athletic, but he has such a nice touch with the football, and I really enjoyed watching him. I'm excited to see his growth this season for Arizona State because Arizona State could be a team that, uh, I mean, they could be a team that nobody wants to mess with in the Pac-12 South. I mean, so I'm excited to watch what he does this season. At number five, I have De'Eric King, quarterback of Miami, who transferred from Houston. Now, what's intriguing about King is last year after the fourth game, he decided to use his red shirt so that he could come back next year and play for Houston is what the plan originally was. And then after that, he graduated and just said, boom, I'm out. Ended up in Miami. Now, last year, Miami landed Tate Martell in the spring. And Tate Martell, uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't even, I don't know if he actually took reps at quarterback or not. But before the season started, he he was even being talked about moving to wide receiver. And last year, they had so many quarterback problems, it didn't even make any sense. And it didn't even seem like they gave Tate a shot. So now they have a solid quarterback who is an extremely great athlete who set a Tim, who t- broke a Tim Tebow record last year of consecutive games with a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown with, I think, 15 games is, I think, what that is. I'm really, it, this just came back to me in my head because I was watching the game that he broke it in. The last game he played in was against Tulane on Thursday night football with McAfee and Hasselback on the call with uh, Adam Amin. And I enjoyed watching that game because it was fun to watch the Eric King. That's literally the, one of the only reasons I was watching it. And he was a, he was a, he's a stud. Derek King was a stud in the American Athletic Conference. But will that same ability translate to the ACC? We shall see. We shall see. Moving on from him, though, is Joey Burrow's replacement at LSU, Miles Brennan. Now, he didn't get much playing time last year, even though LSU pretty much blew out everybody because Burrow just pretty much stayed in the game. So... I, I, there's not a lot I can tell you about Miles Brennan, but I'm excited to watch him because he's coming in and replacing the quarterback that had the greatest statistics, statistical. Wow, I stuttered through that first try. We're going to retry there. Whew, that was tough. He's coming in to replace a quarterback that had the greatest statistical season of all time in NCAA. And that's a, that's a big load to carry in your shoulders. And they lost their offensive, the passing game coordinator. Sorry, not offense coordinator. Passing game coordinator, Joe Brady, to the Carolina Panthers. So I don't know if that's going to affect that offense or not. But he still has Jamar Chase to throw to. So he's still got a great receiver. So my third player that I'm intrigued to watch is Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. Um, The dude is an all-purpose athlete. He can pretty much play any position you want him to play on offense. He's an absolute weapon. 
He's an extremely great athlete, and he's fast and fun to watch. Uh, you can line him up in the backfield. You can line him up a receiver. He can return kicks for you. He can return punts for you. He can pretty much do it all. And he's got the speed to pretty much outrun everybody on the field. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch. At number two, I got Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State University. Um, yeah, I mean, absolute baller. North Dakota State makes – they don't get talked about enough because they're D1 FCS, but they are one of the most dominant teams in the FCS. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was them and James Madison University that for the last decade, those are the only two teams that have won an FCS championship, and JMU won two of them. Or three of them, I take that back. I don't know if off the top of my head, JMU won two or three of them, and North Dakota State won the rest. I think they won seven out of ten years. So, yeah, uh, North, James Madison would have won three. But, yeah, Trey Lance is going to be fun to watch because I'm, I'm excited for the debate with Trey Lance next, next offseason leading up into the draft because it's clearly going to be Trevor at number one at the quarterbacks. And then at number two, it feels like it's going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Who are you taking? Yeah, I, I like them both. So it's tough to choose. But my number one offensive player that I'm intrigued to watch next season in college football is Sam Howell, quarterback of North Carolina University. Man, he out. He was a true freshman last year. And from game one that I watched him in versus South Carolina, I loved the kid. Decided that he was one of my favorite players in college football, not even in question. I'm so excited to see what he does in year two with Mac Brown because Man, that team felt like last year they could have been like eight and four, nine and three, and they went six and six. And next year, I think that team can win nine to ten games, and probably win the ACC Coastal and take on Clemson, and maybe give Clemson a little bit of competition in the ACC championship game for the first time in a couple of years. And I'm I'm just so excited to watch North Carolina, but I'm more excited to watch Sam Howell because I think he's a He's a, he should he is a Heisman candidate for sure, and I think if he play, has a great year, he may win it. Now, it depends on how Trevor Lawrence comes out and play, because after losing in the national championship, Trevor Lawrence may come out and play score, just do scores to earth on everybody, and just ball out, you know, get his Heisman that he, you know, that he deserves. But man, Sam Howell's gonna be so fun to watch. Last year he was just so good. I mean, he was a true freshman last year, a true freshman. And he's he's an NFL he's an NFL caliber quarterback that's playing in college football, and he's only going to be in a sophomore year. So we've got two more years of him in college football. I'm so excited to watch it. But yeah, now that's all I got for you today. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it on whatever you're listening to. I really appreciate it. I want to thank you guys so much for listening today. Have a great weekend and uh. Yeah, also, subscribe to my YouTube channel because I'm going to start putting out some content there. Uh, BB Sports Media is the account. I haven't posted any videos yet, but I plan on doing some in the next couple weeks for sure. Oh, man, I really appreciate every one of you that listens. I appreciate everybody that follows me on social media, which if you haven't done yet, do that, do that also at BB Sports Media on Instagram. And DM me if you've got any questions you want me to answer. Uh, one of the big things I'll be doing on YouTube is a, um, like a Q and A, uh, not live, but I would be recording a Q and A. So, uh, yeah, send me your questions. I'll definitely answer them. I'd love to. It'd be something for me to do. So, 
yeah. But like I said, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, subscribe to my YouTube channel, BB Sports Media, and subscribe to my Instagram if you haven't already, at BB Sports Media. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, have a good weekend. I am out.